This is Dan. And this is Weekend at Brady's, a podcast where we talk about whatever we want. This week, uh, or this month, I should say, we had two episodes. This is the second episode where we're going to talk about the Bridgerton first season, um, the TV show. Today, we don't have John. He couldn't make it. He had an emergency. So hopefully, we'll be able to get through this uh, without him. Yep. So this is the follow-up to Bridgerton, or the Duke and I novel, and I guess the... There's not really a one for one for the book and the series. The show was completely different, almost. Yeah. yeah. So, pretty much the basic outline of the couple is there, but there's a lot more in the show. You get a bigger, broader view of everything that's going on in the in the. Uh, what's what's the town called? Is it Whistledown or is it just? It's London, damn. London. Okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> it's just. Yeah, Lady Whistledown's the, the little... Did you did you read the book and watch the show? I did, I did. Hey, we're, we're recovering from COVID, too, so that's... <laughs> yeah, we're that both... be affecting our brains as well. We're both actually still pretty sick, but we're working on it. Yeah. I would say that the show, I enjoyed way more than I enjoyed the book. I think the book kind of... Like, not that it sucked, but it wasn't... It wasn't as good. Like, yeah, there were way more people put it in just simply because the storyline itself had to have more put in there right yeah but i think that the show it just grabbed your attention better like the two main characters daphne wasn't written nearly as well as she was in the show as she was in the book but she was still like a really interesting character and the two of them made way more sense which for like a show that's about a couple getting together is perfect. That's what you want to happen. Yes. Yeah. Like it's not just because you get a, a better glimpse at the different characters and everything else that's going on in, in London at the time, but you get a better sense of just what, why they do love each other, why they fall in love. There's, you get a better connection between them two, and it's just it it does get a more. They seem to actually love each other more. Like, in the book, you could see Kate falling in love with... Her name was Kate, right? No, Jesus Christ. That's the next season. Daphne <laughs> <laughs> falling in love with Simon. Um, but in the show, I feel like you could watch them both fall in love with each other in their own way. And why that would work out so well, they had chemistry. It just worked. Yeah. Yeah, like, you just really felt it. And I know it's reading versus the visual, but just the, the dialogue is different, and that dialogue is much better than the dialogue in the book. Yeah, and I think the dialogue in the book itself, it's not bad. I'm not saying it's bad. I think it's it's lacking. There were some things in the show that I would have preferred to see in the book, and there's a lot of things in the show that obviously I wouldn't want to put in the book because you can't translate a book into a TV show or a movie without changing some things just to make it more interesting visually to the person because it's not like you can listen to their thought processes yeah. uh, and, and have it like make sense in a show like this. But like we we don't obviously need the queen, right? Um, in the book. We don't need more of the family in the book. Hold on. Ronan, what do you what do you have? Oh, you can have that. That's fine. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but you can, like, and you can have all those things, um, in the show, but not in the book, but in the book, we really needed more of, like, Simon showing up during the day. He didn't yeah. show up during the day in the book. He, it even, they even said at one point that he wasn't calling on her and yeah. that it was making the rounds of, uh, as gossip. And in the show... They did do that. They promenaded. It wasn't like he had to do it because, um, you know, Whistledown was reporting on it. He did it because he wanted to. I mean, they made an agreement, him and Daphne, but, like, and by the end of it, it was because he, he wanted to. Yeah, in the, in the book, it really just seems it's purely sexual tension, where in the, the show, they actually kind of develop a nice romantic tension before they actually, like, admit that they love each other. Right. I think the way they did the scene with her her and Simon was much more tasteful. I think We're talking about <coughs> the rape scene in the book. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's not drunk in the show. It's it's done way better. I mean, he's not drunk. He doesn't necessarily say no, 
but you know she's doing something she's not supposed to, so I wouldn't count that as yeah. not rape anymore. It, it's like more of a blurred line for sure, but I, for me personally, I wouldn't count it as not because he did not want that and she did it anyway. There was totally another way she could have approached the situation and she decided to go probably the worst way possible, but it was way more tasteful. It wasn't her taking advantage of someone while they were drunk. Let's, uh, let's talk more about the show just in general though and not compared to book uh, just yet because I feel like we're starting to do the comparisons for the two. In reality, we just watched the season. And we haven't really talked about how we felt about the season as a whole and yeah. without a comparison to the book. So what did you feel with the show? I think it was absolutely captivating. Like the costuming, the costuming, the world, the music. Like it's it's just a beautiful show. It is really beautiful. The wigs bugged me <laughs> with the short bangs that are like super baby bangs. I think they fixed that in season two, but like this first season, I was like, "What's up with those fucking bangs?" Yeah, those were a little uh, little off putting. When I on the second watch, I guess I noticed that. But I mean, it, I guess because were wigs a part of the costume of that time or is that just something that I think sometimes too there was wigs were part of the time I'm pretty sure I think they did a really good job with the show I think a lot of the writing in the show made sense I think it made sense to add um the love connection between the king and the queen yeah um I think they did a really good job about adding the queen and having that as an extra drama because Honestly, translating this from book to show may have been kind of boring without her. I mean, it may not have caught as many people's attention. I think they're even doing a spinoff, I think, with her because her character is just so well-loved. Yeah. Yeah, you, you get the other little relationships that are there. Um, I think they did in a st like a stellar job with yeah. Eloise and Benedict. Um, yeah. I really like the way that they portrayed the relationship in this. I mean, you don't really talk about this family this way, especially not in the first book, at least, uh, because it is about a couple because it's a romance novel, but I think the show just, like... Yeah. Yeah, and, and maybe some of it's previewing for, like, later seasons, but it's funny how I like Benedict better in <coughs> the show as my favorite, like, Bridgerton brother, whereas in, in the book I like Colin better. Yeah, I like Colin better in the, the book. In the show I like Benedict better. I think Colin... I kind of just want to punch Colin. Let yeah. <laughs> me be honest. He's really annoying in the <laughs> yeah. show. He's yeah, sad. but like it, it works in the show because that, that's he's being very naive. Right. I mean, he's being naive. He's also being kind of obnoxious and completely obtuse. Like I think I think a part of him, even in the show, just based off the way he behaves towards um, Penelope, knows that Penelope likes him, but yeah. still like refuses to acknowledge it or still keeps her on the hook, which is kind of cruel in a way. And I get he's also naive in the fact that, like, he was willing to go headlong into this relationship and just run off with Miss Thompson, who, I, who wasn't even a character in the book, was she? I don't think so. <clears throat> I don't think she was either. I don't remember her name being in there at all. What, was the Prince of character in the book either? No, he wasn't, yeah. right. That, that's like, another good character, but I, I really like the prince. And I really hope he comes back and they have, like, a spinoff for him, or they have, like, him falling in love with someone, like, in a later season. Because yeah. I really like this character a lot. Yeah. <laughs> like, that, that... One of my favorite scenes was between him and the queen. Where, like, the queen, like, really, really wanted him to, to get Daphne. And he was like, he was like, he was like... She, like, she, she doesn't want me, huh? She's, like, into someone else. Like, I'm not about taking this other guy's girl. Yeah. Like, that's not... Yeah, so he's... <coughs> like, he could, he's a prince, so he, he could feel as entitled as possible, but he's just like, all right. He, he, and he was really chill about when Daphne decided to uh, get engaged or married to someone else. I mean, he, yes, he was concerned. He was like, you're not being forced, right? Because if you're being forced, tell me now. Yeah. And she ended up, like... Like, basically turning him down, and he took it with grace. And, like... He, he's a prince. Yeah. In a time period where a prince did not have to take anything really gracefully. Yes. And he took it so well. He t and he took it, he was very, like, gentlemanly about it. Yeah, like, he's such an underrated character that I, did, I didn't really pay attention too much on the first time I went through the, the series, but the second time, I'm like, oh, yeah, he's, he's kind of, like, one of the cooler dudes in the whole show. Oh, yeah, I love him. He was definitely a favorite character, and I really do hope he comes back. Um, like, obviously he wasn't a character in the books, obviously he wasn't a character that's, like, gonna fall in love with one of the 
the British says that he wasn't originally part of the books, but I think he should have his own side story yeah, told. They want to really expand that world. I feel like there's definitely more there. Oh, yeah. I also really liked the... Oh, my God. I'm forgetting what his name is. It's the Queen's, like, friend who's, like, her servant who's the dude, and he's kind of sassy. Oh, I forget his name. I don't remember his name, but yeah. every time he, like, talks, I'm always just like, this man, sass. Love him. Yeah. But you kind of get that in the books with the servants. I don't think it's, like, the same It's not the person, same servant, like, no. But it's, like, that. the servants are kind of like the... Uh, the sass masters, yeah. ...relief of the ship in the book. I, I, again, I want to, like, harp again on, like, the way that they built the relationship with the family, though. Because they did the same thing in the book, too, right? But they did a wonderful job in the show, too. Like, you can tell that they all are a family unit, and yes, they get annoyed with each other, and they want to, like, murder each other sometimes, but they also really, really love each other and have each other's backs. And I think that's something that they kept from the book, and that they translated over to the show, and they did so beautifully. Yeah, I you really get the sense of family from both the Bridgerton and the Featherington family. And the Featheringtons. Yeah. That's another one that I want to uh, point out. Lady Feather- Featherington, like the mom of the three. Yeah, she's kind of badass. She's a badass. Like, yeah, she's scheming all the time, but she doesn't take no shit. Yeah. One, and she's, she yeah, she's harsh on her kids, but she kind of, like, is not maybe the best mom because she, <clears throat> she's definitely judging with Penelope, right? She's desperate to get them married off. But then again, that is the time period, and they would have no future if they weren't married, yeah. to be fair. But she goes to bat for them, because the way that I pointed out, I, 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 you can see that in the season in particular, is when she finds out her husband has lost all their money and goes, you even got rid of your daughter's dowries. What are they going to do? They need that for a future. You know what I mean? Like, she yeah. gets on her husband's ass, one, because he lost all the money, but two, because he fucked up the chances for her kids to actually have a future, which I think is probably one of the best things you could say about her. She, yes, wasn't the best to Miss Thompson, but the reasoning for that is because having someone in the household who is, before she found out was that Miss Thompson was pregnant, which was that much prettier, could ruin her chances for her kids having a better life. Yeah. Um, when she found out her, her, her she was pregnant, making her, um, ruining the reputation of her daughters, and again, ruining their chances of having a better life. Yeah, she was judgy, but she, she, I think it was all the reason for the betterment of her children. Of her kids. I mean, again, she was an master of kids, let's not forget that, but she did do the best that she could within her personality scope to protect her, her children. Absolutely. Um, and I liked that about her a lot. Yeah, I also liked the one Featherington girl and the, the one kind of goofy dude. I, I love their romance. That's, that's they're, they're, they're great. They're a great couple. <laughs> I love them. I love them together too. I like how the other sisters kind of like is still trying to find a husband. She's like, this is this is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it's uh, there, there's just <laughs> something great about this show that I'm I'm not surprised it got renewed pretty quickly, and I think it's going on for a third season. I really hope they make it for the whole seven. I think there's seven books, right? Yeah. Okay, hold on. How many how many siblings were there? There's Anthony, there's Benedict, Colin, Daphne, Eloise, Francesca. Hyacinth. Hyacinth? There's George and Hyacinth and Hyacinth. George, George. No, that's that's eight. Eight. That'd be eight seasons. Eight seasons. I mean we're we already they already did season two, they have season three coming out, so then we just have to hope that they have the other five. I'm really hoping they do well for the third season and they don't shit the bed on that. But this is not a commentary on the whole show. We're no, just talking just about the season, third season. Just season one. <coughs> In the show, who was your favorite character? In the show, my favorite character... Oof. Eloise. Eloise for me, too. Yeah. yeah. Hands down. She kicked ass. She was, she was naive, for sure. But I do like that she was, like, rebellious. And she constantly was saying, like, women can't, aren't allowed to do these things. We're not allowed to go to college. I don't want to get married. All I want to do is go to college and learn and write <clears throat> and be able to take care of myself. And she's understanding that in her station and, and because of her sex, she can't have those things. So she encourages her brother, Benedict, to take the advantage of his sex and the station that he is in his family to be able to pursue the dreams that he has. And ends up, like, kind of pushing Benedict to kind of find, like, do the thing that he loves the most, which is art. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I, I, I think my first watch through, like, I, I could have sworn that she was going to be Lady Whistledown at the end. Eloise? Eloise. Yeah. Like, it, it, the way it works out, it doesn't... It's really... obviously not, because yeah. they, they show that it's Penelope at the end. But, um, in the books, I don't think that happens until book four. Because next season, they're doing Penelope and Colin, but Penelope and Colin was actually book four, not book three. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but it is interesting to see... Uh, that it's actually Penelope, but if you think about it, that makes the most sense. Penelope's a wallflower. No one really takes any, like, no one really pays attention to her. Nobody really asks her to dance, so she's perfect place to always hear all the gossip all the time without anyone thinking anything of it. Yeah. Another character that I really liked was the, uh, the opera singer. I did, too. Um, I know a lot of people didn't like her, um, who were fans of the book series, uh-huh. and that's because Anthony ends up with Kate. So they didn't understand what the functionality of her was. I thought it was an odd throw-in, too, but at the same time, you're setting up Anthony as a character for the next season, and as in a TV show, it's different than in a book. Like, you don't need to have too much delve into him. He just needs to be a character that's more, like, talked about in the book, or, like, that's there more often. Whereas in a TV show, if you're going to make someone a, very, a highlight for the next season that you're going to focus on for a show like this, I, I kind of can see why they would make the relationship he had with that opera singer such an obvious thing. I It does make it odd, though, for the second season because they never mentioned her again. Yeah, I, I think why I like it in the first season, it just it kind of <clears throat> gives you more depth to Anthony. It does. But I, I kind of just like that decision she makes at the end to stay with the kind of the, her husband and her class. Well, she, that's not her husband. So her husband is just a... No. So the whole arc for this character, uh, the whole arc of this whole thing, was that, well, during that time period, women who were not rich and famous or part of the... Well, who weren't part of the ton, is what I should say. Yeah. Um, would oftentimes get taken care of by rich gentlemen, yeah. whether they were in the ton or not. Anthony was her rich gentleman in this. I do think they actually loved each other. But I think the problem is with that relationship was that she was not at the right station and he was to be the head of the household. So okay. he could never marry her, right? Without ruining the entire reputation of the family, he's got responsibilities that he has to take care of. So he has to marry someone of the ton, basically. Yeah. And that relationship with her wouldn't have worked out. Yes, he could have had her as his mistress and taken care of her for the rest of his life. But if the town had found out that, again, would have put against his like whole family's uh, reputation, which would have looked bad on his sister. I do like that she stood up for herself at the end of it and didn't just keep going back to him because she knew at the end of it she was probably going to end up on the streets without anyone to help pay for her, her way because as a woman, that's kind of what you need. And she, she stayed with the one guy who was rich who was probably not of the ton. He was probably just a wealthy man. Because you got to remember, this is during the time where it was like Industrial Revolution. Gotcha. So you, right. you, you have people that are not of the time that are wealthy. Right. And you have people who are of the time who are who are obviously wealthy too. Some of them aren't actually, are actually losing their wealth because of the turn of the century. Yeah. Because of the Industrial Revolution. Um, so she went with someone who could accept the fact that she wasn't of a higher class. Um, simply because she was born where she was. And that's because he was not of the ton. And there were people buying titles at that time period, too, who weren't as part of the ton. They were buying it from the ton who were gone, but they weren't ever really accepted by the ton themselves because they weren't historically blue blood, is basically. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just thought it was interesting because, like, I feel like <clears throat> in most romance shows, like, they'll kind of set that up and eventually, like, she will kind of be taken care of by, like, the, the higher class male, but she kind of subverted that. Oh, I mean, she's still being taken care of by a higher class male. It's just not by one. Yeah, they yeah, still have the main character. Well, the problem is you get to think. You're you're thinking twentieth century, twentieth yeah. twenty first century. You're not thinking late eighteen hundreds. You know, um, woman didn't really have any rights. <laughs> kind of <What? laughs> deal. <laughs> you know? I guess in the context of the show, like you, you expect that relationship to work out somehow. Right. Right. But it doesn't in the end. It doesn't in the end. Which I, I do, I, I know why they had to do that because of the books, but I also do like that in the show themselves, they, they didn't just go, oh, Anthony dumped her. I mean, 
it was a back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and I do understand why she got upset. I also like that they didn't make her a villain. They didn't make it so that Anthony was who was the one who ultimately dumped her. They made it so that she realized that she was in a situation where she was never going to win, and that she decided to stick up for herself and do what was best for her instead of what was best for the man in her life. And I thought that was it were very well done. Yeah, it was a non-toxic breakup. That's... Well, I mean, it was kind of a toxic relationship. So yeah. Breakup was probably a little there toxic, but not that toxic. <laughs> uh, what about Simon and Daphne? We haven't really talked about them that much. I know, we're talking about everything but the main couple. Um, I think Daphne's character wasn't written really as well as it wasn't the show, as it wasn't the book. Um, <coughs> but I think... Uh, I don't know. I don't know how to express it. Like, I think Daphne wasn't as well written, but I think the actress actually did a great job with what she was given. And I think the subtleties of the character itself were actually brought out by her physical acting. And I think she was... I think she did a good job. And I think Simon was so much better written in this one. Like, yes, there's people who act like Simon in the book, but, like, this felt like a more dynamic person that you could understand why someone like Daphne would fall in love with. And the way they wrote Daphne in this made a lot of sense because I feel like Daphne in the book, yeah, she fell in love with Simon, but like I feel like the personality they wrote her as would not date that emo, (laughs) that emo child. Like she wouldn't do it. It's like they gave some of Daphne's personality from the book to Simon in the show or something like. Right. Well. Not really. Not really. They just they made them make more sense as a couple, and I feel like the way that they did it was so. Good. And I do like they showed him his struggle with stuttering was something that he had his whole life, but like that he did overcome it. And it they made it very obvious in the show that Daphne didn't notice his stuttering when he did stutter. And the only reason why you and I would pick that up, that he stuttered, is because we wrote the book. Yeah, and it was a huge thing. No, I, I, I actually didn't <laughs> pick up that he stuttered as an adult in the show. He did a couple times. But it was... It was at a moment that made sense for an adult to kind of stutter. Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, like everybody stutters at some right. point. At some point. Like, I do it all the time. Um, but, like, I think I think it did a good job. I really do. And I like, um, I really like the relationship with Simon and Lady Danbury. I really like the relationship that Simon has with Anthony. It makes more sense. It's not just like, oh, you were my best friend. You were my best friend. But now we must be mortal enemies. Like... It, you could see the connection between the two a little better. Yeah, you, it's obviously they, they get a chance to show you it with like the physical acting, but it, it just they're more likable. More likable. Like Anthony and Simon, like they're just more likable. I mean, show. Anthony is a twat in the show. Don't yeah. get me wrong, but he is still more likable. I mean, what about you? What do you have to say about the characters? Uh, so Daphne, <laughs> Daphne is definitely uh. She's very similar to the show, but, like, again, I think they, her character works better with, the, I guess, the written... I don't think it was just that the written yeah. form was is better. <coughs> I don't think they wrote her as well in the show. But to be fair, they had to put a lot of efforts into writing Simon better. Yeah. So maybe that's where it got lost. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think Nadine is right that, like, the show doesn't quite get the, give you the same picture of Daphne I did in the book. Yeah. Uh... Simon's a lot better. He just is a more fleshed out, depthful character. And uh, you, you can kind of feel for him. You do feel for him more. I don't feel more like like, yeah. like he's a character who's like going, oh, woe is me. Yeah, he's not always, he doesn't seem you like know? he's always playing the victim. Even though towards the end he does, but then it's the point that Daphne has broken him back down to that point and like and kind of like confront, having confronted his like core issues. Right. Um, and I, I do think they still made him ridiculous in the show, too, because his whole point of, like, I made a vow, <laughs> <laughs> I can't go past this yeah. vow, is, um, it's still fucking ridiculous, I won't be honest with you. Yeah, it's they call it out in the show. And they call it out, but they call it out, that's the thing, they yeah. call it out in the show. If Daphne said what all three of us were saying the last time recorded about the book, like, you're living your life for someone who's already dead. And she was, she literally said, you're living your life for someone who's dead. Yeah. Like, you need to start living your life for you. And if a vow you made to a dead man is more important than a vow that you made to someone who's sitting next to you who's alive, 
then maybe we should reconsider this relationship. And I, I loved that she didn't do that in the book, really. I don't, I don't remember, at least I don't remember her doing it in the book. And we just read the book, so I should remember it, but... Uh, yeah, I don't, it, it's, <coughs> if it is, it's, it's, it's probably not as clear-cut, obviously, if you don't remember it, but... Yeah, but I like that she did it in the show. I like yeah. that she was like, look, this is not going to work for me. If you're going to consider a vow that you had with a dead man is more important than a vow that you made to someone who's sitting next to you who's alive that you claim to love. Yeah, but the other thing that they do with the show that they don't do with the book is I feel like in the show they actually work through the issue. They do. And I like that they try to that they actually work through the issue in the show. They didn't really do that in the book. It was just like magically okay. Yeah, like they basically in the book they, they basically separate and then months later they come they reunite and they're back together all of a sudden. Right. I mean and it kinda happens in the show too, but you can kinda see or both sides are seeing the other person's yeah. side and starting to break down towards each other yeah, like again. They, yeah, they still start out by giving each other asylum treatment, but then they kind of like... Work through it. Work through it by just giving little bits of communication to each other, and they finally have that conversation where they're like, okay, yeah, this will work. Yeah. Um, I do not like how controlling Simon was when that argument came along, though, in the beginning, where he was like, no, you're staying in my house. But I do understand why they did it like that because one at that time period that would have been ridiculous for her to stay in her parents house if her husband was in town um why would that happen do you know what i mean yeah oh that's bad that's this that looks bad two i also understand where he's like again of that time period where he views her as a person yes because he loves her but he views her as property so she has to do what he tells her and that's the other thing that I have to keep, the, like, the, every, I think everyone has to keep in mind when we watch these shows, that, like, ooh, that looks bad. Whether when we read these books that are out of the time period. Yeah, ooh, this looks bad, but you also gotta remember, it's not 2022 that we're reading about. It's the it, 1800s. It's interesting, he, he kind of uses it as, like, a, a defense mechanism. Right. Like, <clears throat> he doesn't really act like that until they're in an argument together. Yeah, that's his immediate response is, yeah. nope, you can't do that. It's obviously not what you feel. You don't feel that she's your property. You're just using that as a tool to, to get what you want. Which is her still with you. I actually do not remember in the book. Do you remember in the book if, if Daphne confronted her mom at all? I can't remember. I don't yeah. think it happened. Did it happen? In the, in the book? Oh, no, I don't think so. Yeah, but they did it in the show, and I actually like that. She yeah. literally went up to her mom and was like, um, you sent me out there fucking blind. Part of this is your fault too, which is not wrong. <laughs> like yeah. that is accurate. Yeah, that, that's that's the thing that I mentioned in our previous podcast is like how important, like the two things of a good sex education before you're in a marriage, and two just communication within that marriage would help this whole whole dilemma. And make it more believable. Yeah. Um, if they had the sex education to begin with, one this dilemma wouldn't have happened. Yeah. But two, the communication portion of it makes it actually believable that since this dilemma did happen, the relationship was actually able to be resolved. I yeah. don't think in the book they actually had, like, real communication, not even at the end. And so, it, like, brings up the question is, how many more times are they going to have an argument like this? It wasn't yeah. stupid that they could have literally just communicated with each other better. Exactly. Um, <clears throat> whereas in the show, they did that. And I do, like I was saying before, that I, I do like that she confronted her mom a lot. Because I feel like her confronting her mom was the right thing to do. And her mother being more involved in her marriage and relationship, like, just knowing what's going on, makes more sense because of how close she is to her family. They didn't actually put that in the book because they really don't really talk about the family all that much in the book. But, like, I feel like her and her mother's relationship is a strong one, even in the book. So it doesn't make sense that she wouldn't confide in her mother, despite the fact that her mother fucked up and didn't tell her things about what is going on in the relationship. No, and that's another way that just, like, the, the, the foundation of family is is more emphasized in the show. Uh, I don't think it's more emphasized. I think it's, it's about equal, but I think the writing of the characters yeah. and the story was actually a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah, that's a better way to put it. Yeah. I think the things that they needed to change in the book were just communication better like the way that they set up the communication the argument in the show would have been a better read in the book and the way that she talks to her mother and confronted her mother would have been a better read in the book than it would have been 
the way they did it in the show would have been a better read in the book. I mean, there's a lot of extra things they added, but I would have changed it that way, and that would have made, for me, more sense long-term for the growth of the characters and for the story and the relationship that they had between each other to make more sense. Yeah. No, I agree. I also do like the way they wrote Violet, which is the mom. What do you think? Violet? She's honestly in the show... I don't know, like, I, I don't... Really? I didn't get much from her character. Oh my god, I thought she was way more dynamic. Yeah? Yeah, I did. Like, in the book, she's she's mentioned a lot, but... I don't know, I feel like there was more in the show. Yeah, there's definitely more in the show, but I, I don't know. That, out of all the characters in the show, I think I, I just... She had more emotion in the show. Yeah. You don't think so? She got mad at, at, at Anthony and actually mad. Like, it didn't feel like a jovial kind of, like, poking fun. She actually was like, she would lecture them. Yeah, I, I guess I... I don't know. I, uh... <clears throat> I'm just kind of thinking, like, there's not many standout scenes I remember from her. So that's... that's really? That's my... That's my gut reaction. Okay. But if I give if I give this show another watch, maybe I'll kind of pay attention more to the <laughs> well, character. Yeah. Watch it again. Um, I I'll, I'll point out a few scenes for you, and then you'll probably be like, "Oh yeah, you're right." Okay. So, um, there was the scene that uh, Violet came into the office where Anthony was in the house, and Anthony doesn't actually live there. Um. And she basically had basically had an argument. Personally, I think she won. Where she basically says, "You have to stop bothering your sister and her affairs." Here's the reason why. Why would you think it's okay to have her marry? Um, what the fuck was that guy's name? Is it Nigel or Nigel? Nigel, yeah. Lord Burberry. Uh, to have her marry Nigel Burberry is an acceptable choice. Here's the reason why you fucked up. He gets argued back with her, then she calls out all his shit. She literally lectures him there. Not only is she sticking up for her kid, she's making her point known that as someone who has actually gone in this society previously and actually done this before, like, knows what she's talking about. You know what I mean? Is she even, like, puts put some jabs out there? I do not like the fact that she wasn't supportive of the relationship with Anthony and his opera singer, but, you know, it is of the time. That, like... He isn't doing his duty as a brother. He's not listening to what his sister needs. He's just doing, like, what he thinks is best just to get her away from him. Do you remember that scene? Yeah, now now that you put that out, I'm like, okay. She was very assertive there. I do like, too, that she basically schemed, and it was a very clear scheme in the show, with Lady Danbury to get the two of them together. Like... The way that she manipulated the situation to work out into her kid and Simon's favor was more, I feel like, obvious in the show than it was in the book. Yeah, I guess I, I, Lady Danbury kind of... <coughs> Lady Danbury is a powerhouse, okay? So she, she does... Any scene with her, like, she takes the... The whole scene away. Whole I get scene. that. I understand that. But I feel like she was way more dynamic in this, and I feel like she was way more... Like, she took charge. Yeah. She was more obvious. Her character was more She made, there. made more influence on what was going, going on, on in the, in the show and the story. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah. Um, I also like that they had Nigel as more of an influence yeah. character. That made it more in-depth, and I liked him yeah, as the like, villain. I liked hating him in this one. Like, mm-hmm. in the book, he's just kind of a nuisance. Right, he's just kind of annoying. But in this one, he's like, he's a creep. Like, I I feel like him being this way in the book would have made the book better. Yeah, like, at, you one, know? at one point you almost, almost feel like Daffy's stuck with this, like, gross guy. And you're like, you feel bad for her because yeah. you're like, this is disgusting. Yeah. And, like, you could see her, you could see, uh, see and understand her need to get away from him way more. And this is another point where Violet ends up being a really a bad boss bitch. Yeah. Because she concocts the whole plan to get rid of him. You know? And she uses, like, the one power that women have at the time, which is gossip, to get rid of him. And it works beautifully. Yep. Yeah, they, uh, they oust him, but he's, he's gone. Yep. And, oh my god, and his mom. <laughs> his mom explains why he is the way he is so well. Yeah. What do you think about the mom? Tell me. The, full, full on Nigel's mom. Nigel's mom, it's, it reminds me of 
Bobby Boucher's Bobby the Water Boy. Worse. She's like, you can't be more perfect. Like, her son, it's like one of those moms who, whose kid, like, murders yeah. or rapes someone, and she's like, no, my kid would never do anything. Yeah. He's absolutely perfect. It would, like, rather pay to hide his secrets than, like, let anyone know his likes. Yeah. That, yeah. <coughs> I think she is delusional. Um, as a character, though, I feel like they were perfect add-ins. Like, they were perfect. They added more drama without, like, it was a hurdle that they had to get over, and it was the perfect, like, early relationship hurdle to push them together, right? Um, and then it was, I mean, obviously with a few other things, like her meeting a husband, him needing away from mamas, but, like, it made more sense for their agreement because of him, for them to start it. Yeah, their little, like, dating pattern <coughs> right. since then. And then, um, I also love that they had, oh my god, I'm having a brain fart, that they had the fighting scenes in there, that they had, like, a boxing match. Oh, the, Will, is he a yeah. character of the book? I don't think so. I don't even think any of that is even in the yeah. book. Yeah, that, that whole, like, like, that's, again, you're getting more death of, to, uh, to Simon. Yeah. But he's also an interesting character all on his own. And he, he's just, like, a boxer friend that he has. Yeah. Ooh, what happened? I think it's just screensaver. Oh. But, uh, no, like, just, like, how smart he is, how he can kind of call out Simon on all his bullshit. But he doesn't take it at all. Yeah. He's like, look, go talk to your wife. Stop taking your anger out on me. And it's like, oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, I, I forget if, did he come back in the second season? I don't know. We'll, we'll, I don't remember, but yeah. we will eventually get yeah, there. He's, he's a cool character. He's a good character. A lot of these characters that they didn't have in the book end up being some of the characters that you love the most in the show. Yeah. And, like... <laughs> not that the book was the worst book I've ever read but it could have been so much better and I felt like it was really really dry and I think like I haven't read any of the other books that were in the series but I think the reason why people kept reading the books is because of the family and then the stories just got, got better as time went on you know I'm pretty sure the second book and the third and fourth book are the ones that everyone talks about in the series and everyone like really really loves and that first one is just a dud um, it's just crazy that the series was able to still go where the first one is the one that a lot of people don't really like that much and it's yeah. kind of like blacklisted in the romance, yeah. romance novel community. Yeah, it's funny that they took like the worst novel probably like, it's, of the series and made it this like... Something great that everyone great fell show in love that with. everybody fell in love with and kind of like rediscovered this whole series. Right, well like they took a risk with doing that too because the first book isn't as popular as the others. But they did have a base fan base because they're people who love the entire series, even if they don't love the first book. So they're going to watch it for the rest of the family and then hope that the second season's better. But by doing it that way, they're possibly pushing away a whole bunch of people who don't know the book series and getting rid of a whole portion of their fan base. But they did it so well yeah. that it became what it became. Yeah, they, they reworked <laughs> the Simon and Daphne story well enough that it actually does hold on its own, even if... Even if you take out all the other side stories, side stories like it's, their love it's story, captivating enough. Now, what makes it takes it over the top is all the all the side stories and all like the world building and everything else that goes around else, it. But and I think the love story that they put in the place between the two of them makes more sense and yeah, more believable. Exactly, and I think that's part of the reason why the season did so well. Yep. Um. That is pretty much it. Uh, I mean, there's a few other things that I do want to talk about that more pertain to the story arc itself in the show. Like, yeah, in a show when you watch it as a drama, like it makes a lot of sense and it's great. But is it is it does it get too much at times though, with the extremes they go to, do you think? Does it get too much at times? Uh... Yeah, with like the rivalry between the Greek the the Queen and like lady whistle down and all that stuff. Because let's think about it this way: Why would the queen matter in lace? Why would the lady whistle down matter to the queen on a normal basis? Like that's she's talking usually about the tongue. Yeah. Queen is not part of the tongue. Yeah, I, I guess. I never really thought about it. I don't think they're going over the top. I think it's kind of like, it's it's funny. It almost seems like oh, the evil queen wants to <laughs> to, yes. to take down lady whistle down. I don't think she's evil. Um, I think uh, the queen is 
opinionated and is used to getting her way because she's a fucking queen. Yeah. Like, she's royalty. Yeah, that, that, I don't mean she is evil, but she's, like, kind of playing that evil queen character. I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> Why do you think she's playing an evil queen character? Uh, just in the with, like, the, the lady whistle, like, taking down Lady Whistledown. Yeah, but Lady Whistledown is a villain across the entire ton, so in yeah. fact she would be technically a hero. I mean, she's... She's like an anti-hero, is what I should say. Okay. Lady Whistledown. She's like people hate her, but love her. It's like a love hate, but um, because they love gossip. I think the queen taking it personally. If, if the show, the way they did it in the show, it's so fantastical that like it totally makes sense, right? But the queen wanting to take down Lady Danbury or being upset or offended by anything that Lady Danbury says is crazy to me. Because they usually don't care that much about people who aren't inside their court, right? Uh-huh. So, like, why would it make why would it make a difference for the queen? And why is the queen getting so involved in the romantic relationship with the tongue? Like, yes, it makes for a in- more interesting story. Was it needed in this season? No. Do I want her to go away? Hell no, I love her. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, like, I thought that was a kind of interesting part of the show, how the queen did, like, kind of choose one person of the ton to be like the the diamond of the, the season diamond of the season and they didn't have that in the book i don't think they had a diamond yeah. of the season right i don't remember it i don't remember them having him like someone like yeah they talk about the person who's like the most popular that season i think and lady whistledown's like little snippets but i don't think they talk about i don't think someone's specifically chosen by the queen as like the prize or like they specifically say like that everyone in the town just decides that that's the prize of the season yeah. you know i do like the queen's character though i'm saying like it doesn't make sense but like i don't want her character to go away because it adds more awesomeness i guess to the show yeah it's like because there is a little bit of a whimsical aspect like, to this. aspect to it like, like it's not in set in reality in yeah, any way like that fantasy aspect yeah yeah and i do like that the queen is for daphne because mostly made for mainly for her own gain like getting good prospects or she helps like lady bridgerton violet the mom she helps her come up with that scheme to basically gossip nigel out of there because she was so like she hinted at it like the queen clearly hinted, like, hey, this is how you could possibly yeah. do it. And then Violet was like, yeah, let's fucking run with it. And, like, came up with, like, the rest of the plan. Like, put together how they were going to do it. Yeah, but I, I think it makes sense. Because if, if, if the queen's diamond ends up with Nigel, like, he, it seems like he wasn't very well respected amongst the ton. I mean, he's a fucking idiot. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, like, it, it makes her word look bad. And, it, it, and, like, people will take the queen as seriously when she chooses the next... <laughs> right. Um, what are your actual thoughts on the show, though? Like, what are your, like, do you, what do you think lacked in the show? Okay. What do you think, like, they, they did the best, and what do you think was just kind of middle ground? What the, what the show does do really well, the, you kind of understand why each personality is shaped by just their, their surroundings and, like, their family. So, particularly with, like, with Simon, obviously he has the, the horrible backstory with the, the terrible father. That gives him that kind of like that huge defense mechanism of having that like vow to himself that'll never have kids and, and all that. But I do think that they did that well yeah. because I think they explained it better. In yeah, the, they explained the it show. better. But you also see what he did to overcome all of his difficulties more. What? Not only that, but I feel like the main backstory was just expressed better. Uh-huh. Like, it was just expressed. Like, didn't we even say, like, if they just had more flashbacks in the book of what the dad did and not just say what the dad did, we'd probably have a better understanding oh, yeah. of Simon. And I think they did that on point. So, like, yeah, that's I, a good point. Yeah, and there's that one scene where he's, like, looking at his, his father on his deathbed <laughs> and tells him, like, you will never have a, an heir after me. Like... That's that's probably one of the more powerful scenes of the show. And it was and like, all Simon and his dad. And also, like, that's the biggest F you to his dad. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't really need to do anything else, whether you have her kids or don't have kids. Like, your dad died thinking that his his pride is dying with him. Right, which is... Like, his family line is dying with him. Well, with, with Simon. With Simon, yeah. yeah. 
Which, but that is the biggest F you. That was the best revenge. Yeah. He could have just lived his life after that. Called it yeah. a day. Like, he, he won. Um. I like the scene when Daphne loses the, uh, gets her period. She doesn't necessarily lose the baby, but she finds out she's not pregnant. The devastation that you see from Daphne in the show is so much better than it was in the book. Yeah. Like, her crying to her mom and how they even panned Simon to show his guilt is beautifully done. And I do think the way the actress portrayed how devastated she was to not have the thing that she wanted the most in the world and have that realization that she may never actually get that now, it, it was so well done. Yeah, like, I, I, I think they do a pretty <clears throat> great job of, like, just conveying, like, how the woman of the time... Didn't have much. They didn't have much, but what they had, they kind of showed you how important those things were. Right. Their, their, their reputation was everything. Because that's all they had, like, really. Their, their reputation... Their like, ability to have children. Their ability to have children, like, their family, like, all that, all those things were, like, the, the primary staples in their lives to, to have them lead a good life. Um, the only way they could lead a good life, yeah. or even a semi-happy life. Yeah, so I think they do a great job when, like, any character is kind of facing any struggle with that, or you see it with the, uh, what's the one, the cousin of the Featheringtons, what's her name? Miss Thompson. Miss Thompson, yeah. you see that, gr- she does a great job of, like... She's an amazing actress. Yeah. Like, hands down, that story arc right there, you're for her, then you're against her, then you're for her. Like, she does a great job of making you feel bad for her, but hate her yeah. at the same time. Yeah, like, the way she has, like, not just an arc, but it's, like... a a twist and like a just a full circle of like what you feel for <laughs> right and then uh and, and Daphne too like you you see why she's kind of like in such a in such a bad position when she's not communicating with Simon she's kind of alone by herself within in Simon's world and like she she just doesn't know what to do and then when she finally gets back to her mother that's when she kind of has that outburst on her right I <clears throat> I don't even think it's just like <clears throat> she doesn't know what to do. I think it's she realizes that she's trapped in a marriage that is not going to make her happy. Yeah. Um, because she can't have the one thing that she's always wanted, and it is an option for her to have, and she was lied to, and that lie basically destroyed any trust she had that could have made the relationship long term be okay. Like, yeah, she was willing to be in that relationship because she didn't want to lose him. Um, when she thought he couldn't have children, because can't having children and deciding not to have children are two different things, right? Um, I don't want kids, so I'm not going to push them to someone else that I don't want kids. If they want children, then I'm just not the right choice for them. Giving someone that option and telling them that right up front is important. Telling someone that I can't have kids, yes, they have the same option, but sometimes because you can't have kids people will view you in a different way. It's not because you have an option that they're constantly dangling in front of them that they can't have, right? It's an option that you can't even give, and sometimes people are willing to sacrifice that. The fact that he lied about that, and then now is basically dangling it in front of her, is fucked up. But, in the same token, trying to force someone to have a child that does not want to have a child is just as fucked up. Because if someone tried to do that to me... They'd probably be dead. I'm gonna be honest with you. <laughs> I'd be cutting their dick off like tomorrow. Um, but like, it's the same concept. Like trying to make someone. It, they're in a relationship of two different things. He doesn't want kids. She wants kids. That should have been something that I should have been talked about beforehand. Not, hey, I can't have kids. It's weird to say it, but it is viewed in a different way. Yes, it is different opting to not have kids is different than not being able to have kids right and it's okay to opt to not have kids i don't want children that's totally fine but like you guys can go you you always have the option of going your separate ways whether they can or can't have kids a lot of times people can't live is the better way than instead of dangling the carrot the one i used before because i feel like that's just not sensitive it is a lot of times people can't live with the fact that they have an option for something with someone that they can't have, that they want, right? So, like, the option to have children can't happen if, your, if the, that organ doesn't work, right? But if it does work and you're just deciding not to do it, it's a different thing. And some people would still try to push that button 
which is why it's better in that situation to just walk away. Exactly. Like, it's, and, and Daphne's a prime example of that. She was misled. She and she was misled. I think if it was this, if this was a modern time relationship between Simon and Daphne, this is the best way that I can explain it as clearly as possible. If this is a modern day relationship between Daphne and Simon, it would make no sense for them to be together because yeah. he probably wouldn't say I can't have kids. He'd say I won't have kids. It's a different connotation to today's standards and back then standards. Back then. I'm so sorry, Ronan. <laughs> He's having puppy dreams. <laughs> oh, Ronan. Um, <clears throat> like, if someone today was like, oh, I won't have kids, then you just don't have a relationship. It doesn't make sense for you to be in a relationship with someone who wants kids if you don't want them. Yeah. You, you can't force one person to have children that's a fucking horrible thing to do and you can't force someone else to live with not having children that wants children that wants children so the better real the option between the two of you would just be to break up yeah. they don't have that option yeah like and and, and with between it, daphne and either Simon. way someone's making a sacrifice that goes against what their like core values are right and like having the option there but never being able to have it and staying with it would i think in a way, be harder than being someone who can't give you that option physically, yeah. right? Because adoption at that point always becomes a possibility. Yeah. Does that make more sense, what I'm saying now? Yes. Like, their relationship that they have is not even that adoption is an option. Divorce is not an option. Um, and he doesn't want kids, but she does want kids, which is a situation that you shouldn't have. If you both want kids, great. If you both don't want kids, great. You shouldn't have it be the way where you want kids you don't want kids yeah. in the setting of this time period like there's really one option or the other like there's no there's no option for adoption there's no option for divorce so well i think they did do adoptions back then yeah, but it wasn't the they, same kind yeah. of like adoption I don't, thing. could a, a duke and a duchess adopt a kid and i'm pretty sure it's been done okay. before okay. yeah um and, and many other books like there was adopted daughters and stuff like that it's, gotcha. it happens i think gotcha. but it's not in the same concept Right, as it would be today. If, and then the kid he was adopted, I don't think actually could take over the title. The title. Okay. So that would be that too. Gotcha. It's a little convoluted, but that's that is the that's the thing. But I think the thing that bothered me the most in the book and in the and in the show was that the, I don't think they ever made it clear whether or not Simon actually wanted children for himself outside of his father, like getting revenge against his father. Father. I think they may have hinted it in the show, but I don't even think they hinted at it in the book. Did Simon just want that revenge against his dad, or did he just not want children in general? It's like the next thing. Because at that time, he didn't really have an option, but Simon yeah. was clearly choosing an option. So I guess that was an option that he did have. I don't know. I, I think I got the sense from the book and the show, really, like once he kind of like let go of that thought of his father like controlling his decisions right he did want kids but like they don't they definitely don't make it explicit that's fair that's but fair especially get into the show because <laughs> he's playing with like daphne's younger kid younger siblings i like, you got the hint of it at the like, show yeah, i feel like for me i needed it more expressed like yeah, that that would be a nice little chip like icing on the cake to like just kind of wrap up their story if you decide like you know what that's something I if I would I actually think to myself it's like something I've always thought would be awesome is to have a kid right but because now you kind of feel like Daffy wins and she wins. gets to force him to have kids but it should be a, a who wins who loses it, they should kind of be, come to the mutual agreement right and I feel like we, I never got that resolve with him where he was like you know what you're right I am living for him and I do actually want children I think at the end of the like, yes, she does call him out on that, but he's not allowing that to happen. Um, but that's, I think part of it is because she's pushing her own feelings on him. Like, yeah, I want kids. So, like, you obviously want kids, too, and you're just denying yourself that. Denying yourself of that. And, like, yes, it's, again, it's a different time period, but, like, what if he didn't? Yeah. Um, but I did want to point something else out that I thought was interesting. I like that the main portion of this was whether or whether whether or not they would have children like that was the end all be all and the evil portion of it was that he didn't want kids 
Like, I understand it's a different time period, but at the same time, it's like, it's a, it's not, you can't be vilified for not wanting children. Yeah, it seems, I mean, I guess it does kind of go against the norm of, of just, like, the time period. And, to, and even today, to some today. standards. Because, well, uh, I will say there's way more people who are deciding to be childless. Yeah, I, I feel like uh, our generation down is, mm-hmm. is more okay with say not wanting kids but yep like our parents generation up is, is very very against that and they're like don't understand why we wouldn't want to have children yeah um i do however like if they did put a comment and i think i think it was in the show where uh daphne was talking to her maid and i do like she had a better friendship with her one maid in the show than they showed in the book uh-huh. i thought that was really interesting um where she's like, he can't have kids. And her maid, in a way to try to make her feel better, said, you know, I have an aunt and uncle. They didn't have children. And they live a very good, loving relationship. It's entirely possible to live a full life without them. Yeah. And I think you'll still have a great relationship with your husband. And I do like that they made it kind of like, yes, they were comforting her, but at the same time being like, it is okay not to yeah. have it, for it not to happen. Like normalizing not having kids to, to, the, to the extent you can back then. Right, to the extent that you can back then. I think I put a little bit of my modern notions on this, but... Uh, <laughs> and I'm always reminding people, like, oh, you gotta think of it from back then, period. But all of us have our gripes with uh, some of the ideas in history. Oh, which reminds me. Um, there is one thing I did want to point out for the show that I really, really loved. It wasn't whitewashed. Yeah. They, they made it clear, like, like people complain about black people being the main character all the time. And the way that they fixed that with this was that the queen and the king fell in love and the queen was black. Yeah. And because she was black and they fell in love with each other, it made it so that it was okay for black people to be in the upper echelons of society. I think there were a decent amount of them. Not like a lot. Obviously it was mostly white in England at the time. But there were a lot who were nobles. Who were part of the time. Yeah. They bought their titles. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, don't, I Obviously I, you're the history major so you know more about. There wasn't that many. But there was some. So, it's, so it's, I do like the fact that they were able to make it so that it wasn't whitewashed in the show. And I like it that they put a lot more like. Obviously, there's there's probably more shown than there was actually was uh, back in the day, but like I do like there was more than just one color. And not just that, like you actually can make connections to the characters no matter what color or like what gender they are. Right, nice exactly. Series. And um, they made it. It was nice. It's just nice. It's nice to see. I because mainly because Queen Charlotte is like a boss bitch. Um, her and Lady Danbury. Oh, Lady Danbury. And neither Kill of them me. are white. <laughs> Yeah. And they're, like, probably the two of the best characters of this show. Yeah. Oh, all right. Before Dan and I <coughs> lose along. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about things that we're really interested in this week. All right. So, <coughs> other than having COVID, uh, the World Cup wrapped up. Argentina beat France in the final, which is kind of cool because Messi got his uh, World Cup. I'm still watching Willow. That series is awesome for me. Oh. And, yeah, I just want to get better. <laughs> Uh, I'm still obsessed with Wednesday. It was a fucking good show. Uh, we're doing that next month. Hopefully, John will be able to record with us, um, for next month's episode. It just depends on his availability for his schedule. Um, but if he does, we'll see what he thinks. I think he's actually gonna like this show. I'm actually excited about Wednesday. I've been, like, trying to avoid spoilers for it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm the only one who's actually watched the show through, I think. Uh, and Dan's like, I don't want to see any of it, because I like watching, like, a day. <laughs> I was like, I'll watch the whole thing. All right. Well, we'll talk to you guys next month. See ya. Bye.